Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You can really kind of paint whatever you want and paint whatever picture. So like uh, exercise raises inflammation. So if you were to extrapolate that to the long term and say that, well, you shouldn't exercise because um, it raises inflammation, you kind of see how ridiculous that sounds, right? What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty, physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. Okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. This is In Liberty and Health. We're going to do a little solo cast today talking about caffeine. Um, now, why do I want to talk about caffeine today? Because... Um, Misty Winston had uh, asked out on Twitter about uh, pre-workouts and what people's thoughts were on it. So I thought I would do, um, I should dedicate a whole show to it. So as everybody knows, caffeine is in coffee, energy drinks, pre-workouts, which um, I'll do a little bit of a shameless plug. Make sure you hit the links below to go get your pre-workouts. Got Clash 3D, Exalt, Sniper, this the, the flavors are just out of this freaking world. Um, I used this uh gummy candy from um 015 Nutrition, which is no longer around anymore, but um used that this morning, and I'll tell you what, uh the 530 pounds on the deadlift uh came up off the ground a little bit, but didn't get the whole way up. But uh yeah, definitely recommend going to the uh, links below and checking out the Tiger Fitness um affiliate link for me. Get you some pre-workouts if you're interested. But um, anyways, back to caffeine. So there's caffeine in pre-workouts because um, this gives you a heightened sense of awareness, gives you a little bit more energy, gets you burning a little bit more fat, um, speeds up your metabolism, all that good stuff. And, um, you know, everybody in the world, as soon as they get up first thing in the morning, what, what do they do? They reach for the Keurig, they reach for the pot and, you know, slam it down and let's uh, chug some coffee. Everyone goes to Starbucks. You know, if you go to a Starbucks or a Dunkin' Donuts, um, anywhere from six o'clock to like 11 o'clock in the morning, um, you're going to see a line out to whatever highway in the situation for where I work, Route 30. Um, <laughs> you're going to see cars stacked up out to the road. So uh, I, I want to do a podcast today just talking about caffeine, and I'll do another shameless plug. You got Element right there, and also Fox & Sons Coffee. Make sure you use code KYLE at checkout to get yourself a little bit a little bit of a discount. Oh, Jesus. Um, could use a little bit of caffeine at 7 p.m., but, um, you know, it's a little too late. But we'll get into that, too. So, um, yeah, like I said, we're, we're just going to talk about caffeine today, its uses, its benefits, and dispel some of the bullshit around it. Um, there is a article that I'm going to read from here from um, Legion Athletics, because I find them to be a very good source. I listen to Muscle for Life, and if anybody out there has 
um, Mike Matthews' personal number. Let him know to come on the show because I've emailed him and he just did not. Um, he said he wasn't available, but we're going to keep trying. So um, at legionathletics.com, this link will be below. Caffeine benefits. Uh, for caffeine benefits and BS, quote unquote, facts that justify your addiction. Um, so we're just going to read through this. And then I also open up some of the studies in the uh, tabs above. And there's also a meta-analysis that I have linked. But um, we'll, we'll get through all this stuff. Uh, caffeine is the most popular drug in the world with a long and rich history. And no single molecule has enriched our culture like the wondrous little 1.17 trimethyl... Oh, I should have worked on saying that. Trimethylxanthine. I think that's how you say that. Um, it's also a controversial drug as various experts like to claim... Even mild but regular use eventually fries your nervous system, hurts your heart, and flatlines your adrenal glands. Not sure how many people would give caffeine up if these claims were true. It's just too damn good. But fortunately for us users, they're either exaggerated or wholly false. Um, you're going to kind of see a little bit of a repeating theme throughout this article. Um, I thought it was very, very well written and uh, definitely does kind of lay out um, caffeine you know, pretty well. So once again, that's why we're covering here. Um, let's start at the beginning, though, with that caffeine or with what caffeine is, how it works, and its magic in our bodies. Uh, so what is caffeine? How does it work? Um, to understand the caffeine molecule and its effects in the body, we first need to understand what it banishes, the feeling of drowsiness. So once again, this is the idea that you wake up in the morning and then you reach for your Keurig cup. You know, if you're like my wife and you have 32,000 of them tumblers, that you, uh, you know, that you only use a handful of them, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Or, you know, even if you have an awesome sponsor like Element, for me, um, you get a couple of tumblers and use those occasionally for your coffee. Or once again, awesome pre-workouts. Um, you reach for your pre-workout, your coffee, whatever, to get yourself rock and roll in the day. Uh, the slow, sleepy stupor is caused by a molecule called adenosine, which is produced as your cell burns through energy stores in which binds to receptors on neurons and tells your brain to slow down its signaling functions. The more energy you burn, the more adenosine you, you produce and the sleepier you get. Caffeine's real magic is in its chemical structure, which is so similar to adenosine that nerve cells can't tell the difference and allow it to bind to its adenosine receptors. So basically what it's saying there is throughout the day, you're going to get a little bit more adenosine and that's kind of what gives you that overall feeling of fatigue. And then eventually you're going to want to, you know, crash, go to sleep or you're going to reach for more caffeine, which um, just uh, in my opinion, I think they cover this a little bit later in the article. You should try to cut your caffeine off. Um, they said, I think six hours before bed. Um, personally, uh, I may have like a diet pop with lunch right around noon. Uh after that, I really never, ever, ever, ever have like a diet pop or any kind of caffeine. Um, just because from what I understand, you don't get into the real deep phases of sleep and it actually disrupts how restful and um, how good the recovery from the sleep that you're going to get if you have caffeine too late in the afternoon. Um, so once caffeine has hijacked adenosine seat on a nerve cell, the fun begins. Instead of slowing down the central nervous system, like adenosine, caffeine speeds up the signaling processes, and the sudden spike in nervous activity causes your body to think that there's an emergency and to enter fight or flight mode. Next in the sequence is the chemical that gives us the glorious caffeine buzz, good old adrenaline, which follows uh, which follows the false alarm. Our pupils dilate, our heartbeat increases, our livers start releasing sugars, and we lap it all up. Um, so. What's interesting there is actually as your liver starts releasing sugar, it also releases cholesterol. So when you drink black coffee, 
Um, it actually does release a little bit of cholesterol as well. Um, so that's how caffeine works, but an understanding of the mechanism raises a question. Jolting our nervous system with these chemical uppers every day has got to be unhealthy, right? Common sense would say sooner or later, regular consumption of this awesome little drug is going to catch up with us and our poor abused neurons, and that every glorious milligram ingested brings us a little closer to the reckoning. Many health experts, quote unquote, <laughs> say the same. We'll have good news. Caffeine isn't the dietary equivalent of unprotected sex or texting while driving, um, but things that I engage in. Uh, much of the criticism leveled against it is bunk, and when used sensibly, it can even improve your health. Uh, four BS side effects um, debunked by science. So um, caffeine is a drug. So some people are naturally more sensitive than others, but it's not nearly as dangerous or harmful as many people would have you believe. If you've been told to stay away from caffeine, it's probably for one or more of the following reasons. Let's put these myths to bed. Um, it's really good to kind of have stuff like this out here because, yeah, uh, you hear people talk about like adrenal fatigue and um all this other stuff and like it warrants some caution abusing caffeine like if you get no effect from caffeine then it might be time to consider going off of it but uh that's a whole nother side tangent that we'll probably touch a little bit later in the article um although you may feel quote-unquote addicted to your cup of morning mud chances are you're not abruptly eliminating caffeine from your diet can cause mild withdrawal symptoms for a day or two such as headache fatigue and irregular use may cause mild physical dependence but for most people caffeine isn't addictive in the way alcohol and street drugs are quitting doesn't turn you into a monster and you're not going to pawn stuff pilfered from your grandma's house to buy that next latte so you can caffeinate with a clear conscience uh yeah if you guys have ever seen anybody reach for a cup of coffee so hard that they're willing to abuse people or <laughs> sell stuff. Um, let me know because I'd be interested in kind of studying that behavior. Um, BS side effect number two, caffeine causes insomnia. It's fair to assume that chemically supercharging your nervous system every day is going to mess with your sleep, but that's not always the case. I'm glad they said that. Um, research shows that regular caffeine use can impair the length and quality of your sleep, but these effects vary from person to person as some people's bodies are better at processing the drug than others, and the effects are smaller and habitual users than occasional. So um, this kind of goes to what I was saying earlier. You just want to be careful uh, it, from drinking caffeine too close to bed just because it's not going to allow your body to fully go to rest, right? So like I said, you want to have your caffeine in the morning and not, um, you know, after lunch or just too close to your bedtime. Um, unless your body is extremely sensitive to caffeine, your morning coffee or pre-workout simply isn't going to affect your sleep. Uh, BS side effect number three, caffeine increases risk of osteoporosis, heart disease, cancer, um, caffeine osteoporosis. Um, I actually didn't know this until I read this article because I heard some of this stuff but didn't uh, dig too deep on it. So at fairly high levels of intake, more than 744 milligrams per day, caffeine may cause increase in calcium and magnesium loss. But this is a non-issue because calcium loss from drinking a cup of coffee can be replaced with two tablespoons of milk. Uh, and you also get calcium through other um, dietary things. And uh, if you're drinking electrolytes, then the magnesium loss really isn't that big of a deal either.
All right, everybody, we're going to take a little break from the show real quick to tell you about the show's sponsors. I am now working with the great Stephen Fox to bring you Fox and Sons coffee. As you can see, I got two bags right here, or for those listening, I was holding two bags. Um, it is organically roasted up in Michigan. If you're a caffeine addict, much like myself, um, then head over to foxandsonscoffee.com to get yourself some of their fantastic coffee. They got a light roast, which I'm holding in my hand. Um, they have the Electric Boogaloo blend, which is fantastic as well. I just had it this morning. And if you're like me, you like dark roast coffee, which kicks you right in the freaking face first thing in the morning. Um, they have that for you as well. So head over to foxandsonscoffee.com. Use code Kyle, K-Y-L-E, to get yourself a little discount. Let them know that I sent you. And um, get yourself caffeinated, get jacked and tan, and do what you got to do. All right, guys, back to the podcast. Thanks. Uh, now, in these pre-workouts that I have in front of me, actually, so Sniper has, let me see, 250 milligrams of caffeine. Uh, the Exalt has, probably should have known these right off the bat. Oh, man, I can't believe I'm not seeing it. Error factor. Oh, caffeine, 257 milligrams. I'm sorry about that. And then uh, Clash 3D has i'm almost out of this one too uh 250 milligrams so most pre-workouts uh i think redmond real salt came out with a pre-workout that had like 150 milligrams which is considered like a low dose uh some of your starbucks coffees if i remember correctly i think they have like 350 milligrams but uh most pre-workouts are pretty high stim and then they also create or uh, have non-stim pre-workouts which don't have caffeine but they'll have like uh beta alanine um betaine l-citrulline something just to help with blood flow but um, once again it's not really the focus of this podcast um so if you're drinking like two or three diet pops a day those may have like anywhere from 20 to like 40 milligrams of caffeine if you have a pre-workout in the morning that's you know anywhere from 150 to 300 so right there alone you have about 380 milligrams of caffeine with two diet pops or regular pops and a uh, pre-workout now if you drink coffee as well then you may get um i think the light roasts have more and i think some of them have a uh, hundred ish i'm not too too sure but um i think most coffees typically have like 100 to 150 milligrams of caffeine uh so you just gotta watch you don't want to be pounding down coffee all day every day but like i said or um, like they said here in the article it's not really an issue, but you can get a lot of freaking caffeine if you're not um, weary of your consumption. Um, this is why research has shown that caffeine intake ranging from 0 to 1,400 milligrams per day has no effect on bone density. If you get enough calcium in your diet, ca caffeine won't weaken your bones. Uh, so caffeine, heart disease. Caffeine acutely raises heart rate and blood pressure and thus was assumed to increase the risk of heart disease. Research says otherwise, though. So this is actually a little point that he pointed out here that a lot of people do with different mechanisms. And when people just strictly look at like mechanistic data um, and the long term and, you know, kind of imply the long term consequences from short term uh, effects you can really kind of paint whatever you want and paint whatever picture. So like uh, exercise raises inflammation. So if you were to extrapolate that to the long term and say that, well, you shouldn't exercise because 
um, it raises inflammation. You, you kind of see how ridiculous that sounds, right? So that's why you got to be careful about looking at short term, short term versus long term. So like when you have these small insulin bumps, whenever you have some carbohydrates, uh, it's not really a big deal because your blood sugar is going to go up and then it's going to go back down and it's going to even out unless you're diabetic or something like that. And obviously always talk to your doctor before changing anything up or whatever. Um, according to the findings of the nurses health studies one and two, which involved over 162,000 subjects in 26 years of data and those of another long-term study carried out on 128,000 people over a period of 14 to 20 years, coffee consumption, even at high levels, has no effect on blood pressure levels. Uh, pop intake was associated with higher blood pressure levels, though implying that something other than caffeine was the cause. Uh, caffeine and cancer research shows that caffeine is unlikely to be carcinogenic at intakes less than 500 milligrams per day, and that it may even help protect against certain kinds of cancer. Um, the bottom lines uh, on the bottom line on caffeine disease. Uh, based on the data reviewed, it, it is concluded that for the healthy adult population, moderate daily caffeine intake at a dose level up to 400 milligrams per day, um, equivalent to 6 mill milligrams per um, kilogram of body weight in a 65 kilogram person is not associated with adverse effects such as general toxicity, cardiovascular effects, effects on bone status, and calcium balance with no consumption of ad adequate calcium. Changes in adults' behavior, increased incidence of cancer, and effects on male fertility. Uh, so BS side effect number four, caffeine does have a mild diuretic effect, but research shows that the amount of liquid contained in, ca in a caffeinated beverage is enough to replace the amount lost. Um, so once again, that's why I always mix chocolate electrolytes with uh, my morning coffee and usually use like some coconut cream or something like that. It's just oh, it's so good. And also element, I unfortunately, they just stopped producing the chocolate medley, but they had a chocolate caramel. So like maybe that with cinnamon or half and half or some caramel cream was just oh so good. But um, as you can see, the water that you're getting from the coffee is going to rehydrate you. So don't worry about that too much. But you know, when you drink coffee, you're gonna have to run and go pee. So as long as you're drinking water, and there's nobody that's just like not drinking water, period. Um, you're going to be okay. Don't worry about it. Um, research also shows that a caffeinated beverage is effective for fluid replacement during exercise. Uh, four, four scientifically proven benefits of caffeine. Um, now that we've cleared the road of debris, let's get to the fun stuff. Why we should continue drinking caffeinated beverages and eating chocolate. Um, I, I do love chocolate. <laughs> caffeine improves exercise performance. Want to have better workouts? Have some caf caffeine beforehand. Free workouts, don't forget. Um, research shows that caffeine improves strength, muscle endurance, and aerobic performance. And it also reverses the quote-unquote morning weakness experienced by many weightlifters. If having better workouts is your kind of thing, then there are a few molecules in addition to caffeine that have scientifically proven to help. And you'll find them in my pre-workout drink pulse. Um not going to cover that here, but uh, we'll just read these ingredients here. Uh, I've never used his pre-workout. I would like to try it, but um, all pre-workouts are pretty much going to be built the same. You just want to avoid ones that have proprietary blends because that um, it just leaves a lot of ambiguity as to what's in the pre-workout blend. So, uh, in his cat or in his pre-workout pulse. Uh, caffeine is good for more than the energy boost. It also increases muscle endurance and strength, beta alanine. That's part of my pre-workout stack as well. Um, I take, I think it's six grams a day. 
Uh, beta alanine is a naturally occurring amino acid that reduces exercise-induced fatigue, improves anaerobic exercise capacity, and can, and can accelerate muscle growth. A beta alanine basically buffers lactic acid. So that burn that you feel in your muscles is going to be delayed when you um, supplement with beta alanine, and you'll be able to go harder for longer. So that's um, the mechanism of how it's going to help accelerate muscle growth and improve your anaerobic um, exercise capacity and reduce fatigue. You're going to be able to go harder for longer and therefore you're going to be exposed to not only time under tension, but also a greater stimulus because you're more fatigued. So that's um, why I would recommend taking beta alanine as well. Citrulline malate. Um, citrulline is an amino acid that improves muscle endurance, relieves muscle soreness, improves anaerobic performance. Uh, betaine, excuse me, betaine is a compound found in plants like beets that improves muscle endurance, increases strength, increases I'm so sorry, <laughs> increases human growth hormone and insulin-like growth factor one production in response to acute exercise. Um, ornithine, I've never taken this actually, um, is an amino acid found in high amounts in dairy and meat that reduces fatigue and prolonged exercise and promotes lipid oxidation. Um, the burning of fat energy is stored to carbohydrate or glycogen and theanine. Theanine is an amino acid found primarily in tea that reduces the effects of mental and physical stress, increases the production of nitric oxides, which improve which improves blood flow and improves alertness, focus, attention, memory, mental task performance, and mood. Um, and you just know artificial flavors, blah, 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 blah. The bottom line is if you want to know what a pre-workout is supposed to feel like, uh, we'll skip over that. Um, caffeine benefit number two, it helps you lose fat, which um, I did click on some of these studies and we'll just kind of breeze through them real quick. Um, caffeine speeds up your body's metabolic rate by increasing the amount of catecholamines in the blood, which are chemicals that mobilize fat stores to be burned for energy. Caffeine is a safe, effective weight loss aid that I highly recommend to anyone wanting to lose fat. Um, the other way that caffeine actually helps you lose fat is that it is actually a appetite suppressant as well. So one thing that I do and that I recommend other people do when they go to lose weight is actually maybe try decaf, try reducing your caffeine consumption or just going off caffeine completely because you're going to um, allow yourself to restigmatize to the caffeine or like if you just finished a diet let's say you finish losing weight then you can go off caffeine for a little bit because there's going to be more energy available but um then as you go to lose weight again you want that appetite that appetite suppression so that way you're not as hungry as often and therefore when you reintroduce caffeine um you're just not going to be as hungry um so caffeine improves mental performance um want to know one weird trick for instantly becoming smarter research shows that caffeine is an effective cognitive enhancer. It improves alertness, psychomotor learning speed, memory, reaction times, and focus. The research is clear. Um, I'm sorry, <laughs> caffeine benefit number four. The research is clear. A few hits of caffeine per day keeps the head doctor away. Study shows that caffeine enhances mood and that depression is lower among people that drink coffee or tea regularly. Um, how much caffeine should you have? For most of us, the question isn't whether we should have caffeine or not, but how much. Most of caffeine's benefits are seen in the range of 200 to 400 milligrams per day. An extensive review of caffeine research concluded that intake shouldn't exceed 6 milligrams per kilogram of body weight per day, about 400 milligrams for the average person. So once again, as I was saying earlier, if you take one of these pre-workouts and then drink two or three diet pops and a coffee, you're already over that 400 milligram limit, which I I do. I'm completely guilty of that. Um, if you're curious about how much your favorite caffeinated beverages actually contain, look them up in this database. 
Um, and just for people um, listening, uh, if you click on this article here in the show notes, um, all this stuff's hyperlinked. So if you want to check this stuff out and kind of see what you're doing and what's going on, um, feel free to check all that out. And I'd actually recommend it. Um, if you're taking caffeine to increase physical performance and you want to keep it maximally effective, you want to prevent your body from building up too much of a tolerance. And the best ways to do this is to limit intake. Here's what I recommend. Before training, supplement with three to six milligrams of caffeine per, uh, per kilogram of body weight. If you're not sure of caffeine sensitivity, start with three milligrams or, kilo, or per kilogram and work up from there. Uh, keep your daily intake at six milligrams per kilogram of body weight. Um, don't have six milligrams per kilogram of body weight before training and then drink a couple or a couple of coffees throughout the day and then do one to two low caffeine days per week and one no caffeine day per week. A low day should be half your normal intake and a no day means less than 50 milligrams of caffeine. You can have a cup or two of tea, but no coffee, caffeine pills, and so forth. Using a stimulant-free pre-workout on no caffeine days can also help keep your intake low. Um, this is probably going to be something that I should actually consider doing, to be completely honest, because I drink coffee every single day. Um, I have my pre-workouts on the weekends if I work out then, or you know if I have a day off or if I'm up early, I take a pre-workout. It probably wouldn't be too much of a bad idea. Um, the research is clear. When used sensibly, caffeine is pretty awesome and well-deserves its place in our hearts and adenosine receptors. Unless you're particularly sensitive to its effects, there's just no reason to not enjoy your coffee, tea, chocolate, or pre-workout drinks regularly. So yeah, once again, this is at Legion Athletics slash caffeine dash benefits slash. Um, I definitely recommend checking this article out. Once again, just kind of clicking through the studies. So um, we're going to go through some of the studies that were in here. Uh, Methylxanthines and sleep. Uh, they just have abstracts in some of these. So like I said, we're not going to dig deep in all this stuff. But caffeine is widely used to promote wakefulness and counteract fatigue induced by a restriction of sleep, but also to counteract the effects of caffeine abstinence. Adenosine is a physiological molecule which in the central nervous system acts predominantly as an inhibitory neuromodulator. Adenosine is also a sleep-promoting molecule. Caffeine binds to adenosine receptors and the antagonism of the adenosine jerk. I'm sorry, I can't say that. Um, system is believed to be the mechanism through which caffeine counteracts sleep in humans as well as other species. Basically, it's just the adenosine system or your adenosine, yeah. Um, the sensitivity for caffeine varies markedly among individuals. Recently, genetic variations in genes related to adenosine metabolism have provided at least a partial explanation for this variability. Uh, the main effects of caffeine on sleep are decreased um, sleep latency, shortened total sleep time, decrease in power in the delta range, and sleep fragmentation. Caffeine may also decrease the accumulation of sleep propensity during waking, thus inducing long-term or harmful effects on sleep quality. Um, so they have all the sites there below where it's been cited. Um, now the next study, habitual caffeine intake and the risk of hypertension in women. Uh, so this was just kind of seeking out to assess whether or not caffeine does increase your chance of a cardiovascular event. Um, context, caffeine acutely increases blood pr pressure, but the association between the habitual consumption of caffeinated beverages and the incident and hypertension is uncertain. So their objective was to examine the association between caffeine intake and incident hypertension in women. The design setting of participants, a pr prospective cohort study conducted in the Nurses Health Study 
um, one and two of 155,594 women free from physician diagnosed hypertension follow up to over 12 years, 1990 to 1991 to 2002 to 2003 questionnaires, caffeine intake and possible confounders were ascertained from regularly administered questionnaires. We also tested associations with types of caffeinated beverages. So as you can see, this is kind of like an association study and a questionnaire thing. So it is subject to some flaws and it is possible that people underreported or overreported. Um, not perfect, but it, it kind of gives you an idea, which that's what science is generally meant to do. It's meant to give you an idea or paint a picture of what like patterns are. So if you continually see that there's no correlation of heart disease and caffeine, then you know that it's probably safe to say that it's not likely that caffeine causes heart disease. What's up everybody? Um, we're going to take a quick break and tell you about the show's sponsors. Um, we are brought to you by Element T electrolytes. I've been using this stuff for years and what I've honestly found is that if I didn't have electrolytes before some kind of cardio and sometimes even before workouts that my workout performance or definitely cardio performance would suffer greatly. Um, Sodium is responsible for every single movement pretty much in your entire body and let's say you drink a lot of caffeine like I like to do then um, maybe it is a good idea like I do every single morning um, put some LMNT chocolate electrolytes um, there in your coffee to get a little bit more sodium, potassium, and uh, magnesium in your coffee so that way whatever diuretic effect you get from the caffeine is pretty much diluted by the fact that you put chocolate salt in it. Um, also it tastes really really good. Get some uh, chocolate creamer, hazelnut creamer, or even coconut not mix that all up it tastes really really good so uh yeah make sure you drop by go to drinklmnt.com slash in liberty and health and uh pick you up some electrolytes today all right guys thanks um so the main outcome measure incident physician diagnosed hypertension um results during the follow-up 19,541 incident cases of physician diagnosed hypertension were reported in the study and 13 uh, in both cohorts, no linear association between caffeine consumption and risk of incident hypertension was observed after multivariant adjustment um, using categorical analysis and inverse U-shaped association between caffeine consumption and incident hypertension was found. Compared with participants in the lowest quant or quintile of caffeine consumption, those in the third quintile had a 13% and 12% increased risk of hypertension respectively. Um, when studying individual classes of caffeinated beverages, habitual coffee consumption was not associated with increased risk of hypertension. By contrast, consumption of cola beverages was associated with an increased risk of hypertension, independent of whether it was sugared or diet cola. Um, that's actually pretty interesting. No linear association between caffeine consumption and incident of hypertension was found. Even though habitual coffee consumption was not associated with an increased risk of hypertension, consumption of sugared or diet cola was associated with it. Further research to elucidate um, the role of cola beverages in hypertension is warranted. Um, if I had to posit one thing, I would say that uh, the sugar-sweetened and diet beverages are probably in obese individuals because that's probably a lot of people who drink pop frequently and there's so much stigma around diet pop that people just don't drink it um at least not obese people to my knowledge i don't really have any stats but that's just kind of like my spitballing and my speculation so uh yeah this will be in the show notes below the next study effect of caffeine on ingestion on one repetition maximum muscular strength 
So uh, we'll read the abstract here. Multiple studies corroborate the ergogenic properties of caffeine for endurance performance. Uh, yet fewer investigations document the efficacy of acute caffeine intake for intense short-term exercise. The aim of the study was to determine the ergogenic potential of caffeine during testing of muscular strength and endurance. 22 resistance-trained men ingested caffeine or placebo um, one hour pre-exercise and a randomized double-blind crossover design. Well, that's actually so. Um, just real quick here, this is actually a very, very good study because once again, people don't know what they're getting, and doctors don't know what they're giving people. But then you know, obviously they go in and analyze everything from there. So, um, initially, resting heart rate and blood pressure were obtained, followed by one repetition max testing on the barbell bench press and leg press. Upon determination of one rep max. Uh, participants complete repetitions to failure at 60% of one rep max. Heart rate, blood pressure, and rating of perceived exertion were measured after the final rep. Compared to um, the placebo, there was no effect of caffeine on muscular strength as one rep max on bench press and leg press uh, were similar. Total weight lifted during the 60% um, of one rep max trial was 11 and 12% higher for the bench press and leg press with caffeine compared to placebo, yet did not reach significance. Um, rate of perceived exertion was similar at the end of a resistance with caffeine versus placebo. Acute caffeine intake does not significantly alter muscular strength or endurance during intense bench press or leg press exercise, yet the practical importance of the increased muscular endurance remains to be explored. Uh, so now we're going to start talking about the effects of caffeine and how it is a quote-unquote fat burner. So we don't want to get too carried away here. Um, so from the journal or the Journal of International Society of Sports and Nutrition, the effects of caffeine are higher if the exercise is done in the afternoon rather than in the morning. The recommendation is to exercise on an empty stomach in the morning to increase fat oxidation is commonplace. Um, where you hear people talk about that a lot, where you have to do fasted cardio. So to explain this real quick, uh, fat oxidation in a fasted state is actually significantly higher, but that's because you're no longer working with glycogen and you're burning direct fat stores. But though when you get that food, um, you're going to store more of it because you're a bigger net loss. At the end of the day, if it's still going to be, you know, you have to be an energy deficit to continue to burn fat. So uh, if you go run six miles and you burn, let's say 700 calories and you're on a 2,100 calorie diet, um, you can't just rock and roll and say, oh, well, I ate, you know, I'm going to eat 700 calories. That's just not how it works. You're going to gain weight. Um, so, however, this recommendation may be lacking in the scientific basis it is unknown whether the increase is due to exercising in the morning or due to going without food for a longer period of time. Um, I would definitely think the latter. As a part of this study, 15 men with an average age of 32 completed an exercise test four times at seven day intervals. They took three milligrams per kilogram dose, um, three milligrams for every kilogram of their body weight of green coffee, bean powder, the equivalent of a strong coffee or placebo dissolved in water. Each person completed the test under all four conditions in a random order and took the caffeine or placebo 30 minutes before each test at 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Uh, so we're going to skip around a little bit. Uh, overall, the research team found that taking a dose of caffeine 30 minutes before an aerobic workout increased fat oxidation during exercise, regardless of the time of day. At the same time, the rate of fat burning was higher in the afternoon than in the morning for equal hours of fasting. Compared to placebo, caffeine increased fat oxidation by 10.7% in the morning and 29% in the afternoon. 
Caffeine also increased the exercise intensity by 11% in the morning and 13% in the afternoon. Max- maximum oxygen intake was also higher in the afternoon. Overall, these results suggest that a combination of acute caffeine intake and exercise at, exercise at moderate intensity in the afternoon provides the best scenario for individuals seeking to increase whole body fat oxidation during aerobic exercise, the authors wrote. And then just here is a uh, systematic review, the effects of caffeine intake on weight loss, a systematic review of dose response, meta-analysis of randomized controlled trials. Uh, the systematic review and meta-analysis of randomized controlled trials, RCTs, was performed to summarize the effect of caffeine intake on weight loss. Um, we searched for the following databases until November 2017. Um, they list out the uh, things there, um, the different databases. Uh, the relevant data were extracted and assessed for quality of the studies according to the Cochrane Risk of Bias tool. We estimated an intake uh, status regression coefficient beta for each primary study, and the estimated overall pooled uh, beta and SE using random effects of meta-analysis on a double-log scale heterogeneity in studies was assessed by Cochrane Q statistic and L-squared. 13 randomized controlled trials with 606 participants were included in the meta-analyses. Um, the overall pooled beta for effect on caffeine intake was 0.29. Um, sorry, I lost my place. For uh, for BMI and for like fat mass, for every doubling of caffeine, or for every doubling in caffeine intake, the mean reduction in weight, BMI, and fat mass increased two beta fold, which corresponding to 22, 17, and 28% respectively. Um, overall, the current meta-analysis demonstrated that caffeine intake might promote weight, BMI, and body fat reduction. So we'll stop the share and give some closing thoughts. All right, so that I know I threw a lot at you. I know I threw a lot of big words and uh, different stuff there. So um, what are some takeaways? Uh, should you stop drinking caffeine? Um, if you want to restigmatize yourself to it, and if you think that maybe it's time to, uh, you know, just give it a break for a little bit, then yeah, maybe you should. Um, if you are no longer feeling the effects of caffeine, it definitely is probably time that you should just give it a break for a little bit and resensitize to it. If you're doing a weight loss phase, then it's probably a good idea to reduce caffeine intake um, and um, if not completely eliminate it, so that way you can get the full effects of um, appetite suppression. And um, yeah, um, I take pre-workouts. I drink caffeine all the time. I don't think it's bad for you. And a lot of the stuff about how bad it is for you is just overrated um, and just false. So um, I hope this was helpful. If you guys enjoyed, please like, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. I try to connect with people and stay active. Um, I'm at Kyle Matovic on Twitter, K-Y-L-E-M-A-T-O-V-C-I-K. That's where I'm most active. Um, go, find me on Facebook as well. Like I said, if you guys have any questions about anything, feel free to reach out. And I love talking to people. I'd love to help you guys out in whatever way I can to help you kind of reach your optimum fitness goals. So, um, yeah, guys, I hope this was informative and I hope it kind of helps you figure out what you want to do. And if it changes the way that you look at caffeine, hopefully it was, uh, for the best and, um, yeah, thanks guys for checking it out and we will see you at the next show. Thanks guys.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.